The theme of these three messages in a couple of weeks today, and I'll wrap up next week, is how do we have an unshakable faith? How do we have a resilient faith in a world where everything is being shaken? When we are surrounded by bad news, whenever we turn on our TV, our radio, pick up our phones, and it's not just the stuff on the outside that shakes us, it's the stuff that on the inside shakes us as well. The stuff close to home. The difficulties and stress of our daily life. The trauma of grief and loss and, and uncertainty. Or circumstances that can come and shake us and deplete our hope. And so a very quick recap from a couple of weeks ago. I described how God's how should God's people respond in challenging times. And uh, the psalmist would write uh, in 112 verse 7, regarding the righteous people, which is us, that they do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. The question I, I wanted to, to pose to uh, you back then and, and right now is, can we confidently trust the Lord? Because our normal response as Christians is, of course we can trust the Lord. Of course we can. The, question, the next question is probably as important as, do we trust the Lord? And so that was my first thought from uh, the last message. We also looked at a familiar passage in Scripture where Jesus is heading across the Sea of Galilee uh, with his disciples where they face a storm. Uh, the disciples freak out. They wake him up. And in Luke 8, 25, Jesus says to them, Where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. They said, Who is this man? They asked each other. When he gives a command, even the winds and the waves obey him. And we looked at the question that we should all be wondering ourselves is, when, when the storms come, where do we put our faith? What do we put our faith in? Who do we put our faith in? And it was seen for the disciples the biggest problem they had wasn't the storms, it was their lack of faith. And the encouragement I have for each one of us is the best place I could recommend to you to put your faith is in the one who still has power over the winds and the waves. Jesus hasn't lost his power. He has still authority and power over your situation and the storms you may be facing. And he's available and accessible to all of us. And then the thought I wanted to transition and build into today's message today. And uh, when we go through tough times, the Psalms are such a wonderful um, gift to us. Inspired by, uh, written by a range of kings and leaders and, and worshippers. Uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit, but given by, to God, by, by God to us, from God to us, to help us when we came through our, our tough times. So there's so much solace and peace and comfort that we can find in the Psalms and how the ancients would anchor themselves in God. And uh, in Psalm 27, the verse I anchored on last time, the Psalmist, uh, which was David, he says, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David is saying it would be so easy to despair, so easy to lose hope, so easy to give up, so easy to throw in the towel, so easy to, to lose heart when things are tough, when things are being shaken, when, when the storms of life are hitting us, it would be so easy to despair. But he said, I didn't despair. And what was it that, he, that, that stopped him from despairing? It was because he believed. He had faith. He, he kept believing in a good God in the, in the midst of bad news. 
He kept believing that he would see the goodness of God manifest, not just when he gets to heaven, but he believed he would see God's goodness manifest in his day-to-day life, in his mess, in his situation, in his pain, in his challenging times. And so David was a person of faith. He believed. I've got to believe that God is good in the midst of whatever may not seem good. Because if I don't, I will despair and I will lose heart. And so we also are called to be a people of faith. A people who believe, we are a people who believe in God's goodness and plans for our lives. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God has a good plan for your life? Do you believe that God wants to bless you and God wants to meet you and, 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 and see you flourish in your life? We've got to be a people who believe that. A people of faith. A people who believe that God has a, a, a faith for children who have walked away or children that are struggling. God's called us to be a people of faith. Faith for our marriages. Faith that God can, can step into our mess and our mix-ups and our, our chaos. Faith that God can step in and wants to step in and bring His grace and His healing and His power and His hope. We're called to be a people of faith. You and I are called to be a people who believe in a big God. Who's able, whose arms are not sh- too short to reach your situation. Whose ear is not too, it's not deaf at all. His ear is inclined towards you. That's the God we're called to be a people of faith. Believe in God's word. Believe in the breakthrough that he has for us and his power. Now, the reality is, if the enemy, the devil, if he can get us out of hope, if he can cause us to despair, if he can cause us to lose heart, then it's possible he can cause us to lose faith. I'm not talking about losing faith in Jesus, although I know that people have faced stuff in life and I've, I've met with them, I've talked with them. And over time, in fact, I met with someone yesterday who, who grew up in the church and grew up in the church uh, Sunday school and taught Sunday school and, and grew up in the system. But, but then the stuff of life came, the storms of life came, the shaking came, and all of a sudden they, they started to lose heart. They started to despair. They started to lose faith. And now for them... They, while they, they still believe in a God, their language and their faith in a God who cares personally for them is gone. They believe in a distant God, a God of the universe who, who's still out there somewhere, but they've lost faith. They despair because they didn't believe that they would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And so the enemy wants to get us out of faith. He wants to rob us of the faith that God needs us to have to reach the world around us, which is the focus of today's message. How do we remain unshakable? How do we hold on to hope? How do we hold on to faith? Uh, just uh, this last week, I, I, I forgot a prop. Um, it was a lemon. Let's pretend my glasses are in to this. Um, I was at that, we've got a water filter at home, and... Um, and I had the tap on, filling the, my water bottle. This is a big water bottle, 1.2 litres. And so I had my lid off this. And I had my, I was trying to fill the water with one hand. Because I had a lemon in my other hand, okay? This is for you, Hez. The lemon was for you. So I was, I was trying to fill my water bottle up, and this is getting heavier. 1.2 litres, 1.2 kilograms. I know I'm strong, but I was only grabbing on by a few fingers. And all of a sudden I felt this water bottle slipping. So at that point, I had to process a couple of things that was going on in my head. The question was going on in my head is, 
what the heck do I do? Because I know if I dropped the water bottle, which was mostly full by now, it would have created a big mess. And I don't want to then have to go and get a towel and mop it up, blah, 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 blah. And so, so I had to, but, but I had a lemon and so I was, how do I, how, how do I do this situation? Because this is now starting, I'm just losing grip in my fingers. So I made a choice. I should have told you this before, but I chose to drop the lemon. <laughs> I said, the lemon is not important. I said, did you see the conundrum I had? I had a conundrum in life where I had to choose what I'm holding on to. What is great value? And what I can let go of. See, we all have priorities. We all have priorities. Our lives are governed by our priorities. As kids, we have priorities. What, what we want, well, what is important to us, I think... Playing sometimes can be more important than cleaning your room. Stop looking at any of my kids. Or all of my kids. We all make Life is, is, is how we handle the choices that we are given. As kids, we have priorities. As teenagers, we make priorities. What do I want to put my time to? Going to bed and getting some good study. Who that is? Where's 81? What country is that? not India. Nigeria. Nigeria, okay. Nigeria. Pretty awesome. <laughs> What's that? Teen, after teenagers, do, do, or, or young adults, do we, do we study or do we not study? Do we, do we go to bed at 2am or, or do we, hey, congratulations to all our year 12 kids that are done. That's a wrap and well done for you guys. We make priorities. What is my priority? Is it sleep? Or is it not sleep? As adults, we make the same sort of priorities as well. Uh, as families, as parents, we make priorities. What is the greatest goal? Is it the water bottle? Or is it the lemon? Choices. Priorities. And so internally, you have an internal list that you probably... Some of you uh, have written it down as I've seen... Some people are very well planned, they're focused, they have a list of their goals for life. But most of us have an internal list we don't write down. Where we allocate our time. What we do on our weekends. What we do with our finances. What shows do we watch? What, what, where do we allocate our thinking and the books we read? They're all we're making these choices every day. We're making right now. Some of you are choosing what are we going to do for lunch. You're thinking, how long is Mark going to preach? How do I do I hop into my phone and check out something, or do I listen? We we're all making choices. Some in your list, some of the things on your list have high value. Some of the things, like the water for me, that was out of the two choices, the water bottle had a higher value than the lemon. And so, so we make choices sometimes on the higher value. Sometimes we make dumb choices. Sometimes we choose to drop the water and, and keep the lemon for whatever reason we can come up with. But you have, you, you, you have choices. You, you have priorities. No matter what age you are, you've got priorities. Some higher, some low. Some you want to fight for, some you don't really care about. And if you're not too sure on what your priorities are, Here's one quick way to look out. Check your credit card statements. Check your schedule. Check the, your, your, your time, what you do with your time. 
That, that's just one way you can practically see where, where do my priorities land. So, so what, is your, what is your greatest priority? What has your greatest attention? And I think this has an incredible part to play on how we have an unshakable faith. I want to take you to a familiar verse that uh, was penned by Solomon. Uh, you've likely got it underlined in your Bibles, or highlighted on your Bible app, uh, or maybe you've printed it out on a nice poster, you've got a poster from Kuron with it, or it's printed out and stuck on your wall. So this may be, I'm sure you know this one, Proverbs 4.23. Solomon says to guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Do you remember that list of priorities you've got on the inside? Do you know that, that list that, 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 that fills your attention and is the controller of the decisions that you make? What this verse is telling is, us is above all that. Above what you think is your greatest priority. Someone saying there's something that should be higher above your list. Something that should take pole position on your list. More, more important than your success more important than your achievements, more important than your financial security, than your fitness goals, than your family time, or your career. Friends, we need to know what is the most important thing. Solomon tells us, and I, I'd agree with him. He says we need to guard our heart. Especially in a world that is shaking, we need to guard our heart. <coughs> I heard a message about this last year. And uh, it likens this to an egg drop experiment. Anyone done an egg drop experiment where you have to uh, build a contraption to stop the egg being broken? Anyway, so Phoebe likes watching um, a guy on YouTube called Mark Rover. Anyone heard of Mark Rover? It's very interesting. He's an ex-NASA engineer, and he, uh, he designs all these amazing things, and he teaches kids all about it and, and people about it. I'd, I'd happily recommend him to you uh, to watch. It's fascinating, the Phoebe. Anyway, so he, he takes this whole egg drop experiment to a whole nother level. So, I mean, if you did it at school, you might have done it from a from a top of a ladder where you build a contraption out of foam or, or sticks and you've, got to, and you've got to wrap that egg up and drop the ladder, so drop the egg so it doesn't break. He, some people do it off a, yeah, a crane. He decided to do it from the stratosphere. So he designed and built a rocket. He's a NASA engineer, he didn't even know what he's doing. And he designed a rocket, well, eventually he ended up using a, a, a weather balloon that took it up, and then he used all this technology, it's a fascinating episode, um, uh, to, to drop the uh, rocket and to guide it down, and he protected the egg. Well, the goal was to protect the egg. That was the goal. Um, he did many failed experiments on the way to get there. But in the end, he succeeded. Uh, he didn't get as high as he wanted, but he managed to protect the egg. So, so what, what I'm trying to say here is, no matter how elaborate the contraption was, no matter how tech it was, no matter how uh, beautifully looking it was, the goal was simple. Protect the egg. That had the greatest priority. And so, and so this gives us a great example of, of, it's like our heart. We, you, me, need to do all we can to protect our heart. That's the goal. And who's responsible for that? 
Is it God's job to protect our heart? Is it mum and dad's job? Well, for a while it probably is. Is it, is it your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband's or wife's job to protect your heart? Ultimately, Solomon tells us, you need to protect your heart. It's your job. You need to guard your heart. And remember, if the devil can cause us to lose heart, we can lose hope, we can lose faith. We can stop believing, stop praying, stop being the people that God needs us to be in this troubled world. I want to share three, three quick reasons to why we need to guard our hearts. And, um, and then we're going to wrap the service up. Firstly, our hearts are extremely valuable. Um, in the Lake Macquarie Council area, we put our, twice a year, we put our rubbish on the lawns. Uh, and then people drive around and pick our trash up. In Newcastle, I know yours is a bit different. Sometimes you can call it council up. You can you can put the stuff you don't want on your lawn. They'll come and pick it up. Do you put video cameras around that? Do you do you watch over your garbage when you wheel your bins out? Do you do you guard your garbage? Do you do you guard your trash? No, you don't. It's worthless. It's not worth guarding. It, it's just it's just rubbish. In uh, in twenty twenty. Uh, across the globe, the amount of money spent on global home security was $63 billion across the globe. And in 2027, they're projecting that number to be $133 billion that people are spending to protect their homes. Video surveillance, online connectivity, uh, alarm systems, all of that. That's a multi-billion dollar business across the globe. See, we, we, we care about security. We care... My battery's not flat? Yeah. I've got a loud voice anyway. Thanks, Joe. We care about security. So we, so we invest and we do what we can to protect our homes. Maybe you've got a dash cam in your car. Why? Because you want to protect your car. Right? So we, we invest in where we want to protect. Uh, across the globe, when it comes to that, that's just our homes. When it comes to our IT systems, your, your computers, across the globe, our networks, our communication systems, $932 billion are spent annually trying to protect our communication systems. No, I haven't even looked at the statistics for the amount of money that governments spend to protect their boundaries and their borders. See, we, we spend, we invest, we resource on what is the most important thing to us. We guard what is important. And Solomon tells us, uh, all that, above all the other things that may be important and to prioritise, we need to guard our hearts. It is the essence of who we are. It is, it is our true self. It is the core of our being. Our hearts are where our dreams, our desires, our passions lie. It's that part of you that connects with God and connects with other people. Our hearts are priceless, precious, and valuable. Friends, your, your heart, you are not garbage. You're not rubbish. You're not trash. You are a high-value person. To God and to others. And we mustn't allow others to treat us like rubbish. Solomon says, we need to guard our heart. 
He doesn't say, look, if you've got a bit of spare time, can you guard your heart? He doesn't say, here's a good tip. Think about this. Maybe you could put some protection around your heart. No, no. Solomon says, above everything else. Above everything else. Guard your heart. Make it your top priority. So number one, it is extremely valuable. Number two, it affects everything we do. The Passion Translation puts it like this. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. See, our hearts are the source of everything that occur or flow out of our life. We live from our heart. We make our priorities from our heart. We love from our heart. We, we, are, we parent from what's going on in our heart. We manage our money from what's going inside our heart. We conduct our relationships by the condition of our heart. Our words, our actions, our attitudes, all of that stuff all flow out of our heart. Our hearts are important. And so when the stuff of life comes and, and the, the storms of life and the shaking comes, it's very easy to allow those things to get inside our heart and start to shake us on the inside. Everything depends on the condition of the spring, the wellspring of your heart. And that's why we need to guard against it. So number one, it's extremely valuable. Number two, your heart affects everything. Everything about you and your family, your relationships, everything. Number three, our hearts are under attack. When Solomon says to guard your heart, he wouldn't need to say it unless there was risk, unless there was opposition. He's implying that there's a battle going on for your heart. Many of us are oblivious to the reality. We're watching the news headlines of the wars in other countries. But there's a war going on for your heart. There's a war going on for your hope. There's a war going on for your faith. And we have an enemy that is bent on our destruction. He opposes God, but he opposes everything and everyone that's aligned with God. And that includes us. Let's not disregard an enemy that is at work. I've got this verse up again with some different translations. The uh, English trans, uh, ESV would say, to keep your heart with all vigilance. NIV would say, above all else, guard your heart. The New American would say, watch over your heart with all diligence. So that's, that's English translators trying to take the Hebrew words and trying to bring a perspective on it that is helpful for you, considering you may not know ancient Hebrew. And so, but what you can see from these verses, and all, if you look at your translations, all the verses are the same. The words are the same to keep, to guard, to watch. They're all very similar in meaning. The language also stretches across to imply like a watchman sitting on a city wall. Um, you may relate to that if you're a Monty Python fan. You can see them on the walls heckling. It's not like this, but it's or maybe if you've seen enough movies, you've got the guys on the veggie tail, you've got the peas on top of the wall, they're the watchmen on the wall, or the guys with the hats. The purpose of the watchman on a wall is to keep a lookout on the horizon. The purpose of a watchman is to determine, uh, okay, well, is, is this person who's coming, are they a friend or are they a foe? 
Are they, do, do, the purpose of a watchman is to say, open up the gates or shut the gates. That's the purpose of a watchman on a wall. We've got to be like a watchman on our heart. We get to control. You get to control what you allow in and what you keep out. This is so important. What you, what you allow in and what you keep out. As I said, these translators use some interesting words regarding this. And, and one would say, keep with all diligence. And the other one said, watch with all the vigilance and diligence. To be vigilant, it means to be watchful, alert, to be observed. If you're, if you're vigilant, you are, you are, you are you're watching, you're, you're sort of sensing what's, what's going on around here. You want to be a determined, is this a, a potential danger? Is this a threat to me? I've got to be on guard. I've got to, this is, this is vigilance. It's being really alert and attentive to what's going on. If something's coming, you need to be able to act. We've got to be keeping a heart of vigilance. We, we, we can't just get lazy on the walls. We also call to be diligent. They're similar, but so different. Diligent means to be hard-working and persistent and thorough. Uh, being, being diligent means that you're focused, that you're not allowing yourself to be distracted. You want to achieve a goal. You're, you're looking for detail and you want to be diligent in making sure that things are right. So, so which translation do I like both? I think when it comes to the matters of our heart, we need to be vigilant. We need to be on guard. We need to be looking and assessing threats. We need to be determining, is this good for me? Is what I'm watching or reading or listening to, or am I doing, is this good for me? That's vigilance. And diligence says, I need, to, I need to keep this up because the cost is too high. The risk is too much. And I think the problem is we, we can easily become passive. We, can, we as the guardians of the, the watchmen on the wall, we can become passive and casual. We can get distracted by in that, list of, that, that internal list of priorities. We can get distracted by our priorities and choose to, to, to do things that are, have less priority than the one that should be above all else. We can get complacent. We can get lazy. We can, get, we can let our guard down. And when that happens, all of a sudden we, we are not watching what we're allowing in. We're, we're not vigilant or diligent and we're, all of a sudden things can get into our heart. But where did that come from? Well, it could be because we let our guard down. Things like anger or jealousy or greed or negativity or lust or unforgiveness or fear or self-centeredness. All of a sudden things rise up and you go, how the heck did that get in there? Chances are you let it in. These things can pollute our innermost being. These things can pollute the wellspring of life and, and everything else can be affected by that. So if you're here this morning, you're thinking, man alive, I've got some stuff going on on the inside. Maybe you're here this morning and, and, and you've um, allowed things in that you wish you hadn't. If that's you this morning, I think David in one of his Psalms gives you a beautiful verse to hang on to. He says, create in me a pure heart, O Lord, and renew a steadfast, steadfast, unshakable spirit within me. 
If that's you, I want to encourage you, you can hang on to that verse. And, and, and trust and work with God to get rid of that stuff. And it's okay. I'm going to guard my heart. Over 3,000 years ago, King Solomon penned some words for a world that was being shaken by all sorts of war, violence, trouble, uncertainty and fear. He wrote to a, a very different people in a very different context, but we're still being shaken by wars and rumours of wars. To a people uh, in, that, that had, mi had mixed up priorities. He wrote directly to a people who were drifting in their love for God and their love for one another. And he was writing that verse to, to those whose hearts were broken and messed up. He was writing that verse not just to them, but also to us today. He'd say above everything else. Friends at Hunter Christian Church, he'd say, I know you've got some amazing priorities and they're good, there's nothing wrong with them, but above all of that else, above everything else, he says, hey, you need to guard your heart. Because if our heart can be shaken, our whole world is shaken. If our heart is shaken, the way we, we handle our finances is shaken. If our heart is shaken, the way we handle our, our relationship is shaken. If our heart is shaken, the way we handle our confidence and faith in our God is shaken. We start to have our hope shaken, our faith shaken, our peace shaken. And when that happens, we start to despair. We start to lose heart. Can I get that team up, thanks, Ben? Next week, I want to wrap this up by talking about some really practical things we can do to strengthen and guard our heart. What we can do to guard our innermost being. What we can do to strengthen our faith. And I finished last week's message with a question which I'm going to ask the same question. How's your heart? What's going on on the inside? Not the stuff that everyone else can see on the outside. Not your behaviours and the and, and, and good or bad. I'm asking what is going on deep on the inside? Have you got any areas that maybe you've left your heart unguarded, exposed, weak? Are there any areas in your life you've let your guard down? Many reasons. You can pick any reason. This isn't about picking a reason. It's just acknowledging, you know, what I have. And I've allowed all sorts of stuff to come and pollute me. Areas I've been distracted. Areas I've just been caught up on lesser things or things that I thought were fun or good or, but in the end I've let my guard down. You've allowed things to come in that unsettle you, disturb you, maybe even draw you further away from God. Maybe you've allowed lies into your heart. What lies have you believed about God that is simply not true? We can allow those lies to, to shake us on the inside, to unsettle us, and everything else gets unsettled. What lies have you believed about God that are untrue? But what lies have you believed about yourself that are simply untrue? See, see, those things destabilize our heart. Those things shake us on the inside. If you remember the enemy's goal, he wants us to lose heart. He wants us to despair. Lose hope. 
lose faith. So this morning, my challenge to you, my encouragement to you, is, hey, let's bring our hearts before God. Let, 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 let's bring in an in a, in a honest moment before God between you and Him. Ask Him, how's my heart? Allow him to, to deal with the pain and the hurt and the, and, and, the, and the loss and the grief and the mess. And the, allow him, give him access, give him access to your heart. You don't need to block it away from him. He's the only one that can actually bring healing to your heart. Why don't we stand together? The verse I shared before from David. King David wasn't at his best. He murdered, committed adultery, murdered, made a mess. And he came before God and said, You know, create in me a clean heart, O oh God. I need you to create in me a clean heart. And I need you to renew our steadfast unshakable spirit within me. I'm going to pray that. We're going to sing this song. And as we do, I want you to have that conversation with God. God, are there any areas I've let my guard down? Can you help me? Can you thank, thank you that you're through Jesus I'm cleansed. Help me to be the watchman you've called me to be. So Father God, I just thank you for the moments we've had this morning. Lord, I pray for each of us that we would, your Holy Spirit will be the one that challenges our priorities. Lord, that you'd show us areas that we need to adjust or change or things we need to stop doing that we're doing or stuff that we, we, we could start doing that would help us to guard our heart. But Lord, particularly I pray for those who are here who maybe allow things to occur in their heart. Times all of us have let our guard down. Distraction, disappointment, fear, lies, all this sort of stuff. We've just, we've just, we've just failed and we've allowed them in. Lord, I pray that we bring our hearts before you and allow you to heal us. And with your Holy Spirit's help that you help us to be the best guardians of our heart.